Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 491. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. Oh, man, I'm Lorraine Sink, and that intro just blew me away like <laughs> I was that Dalmatian in that speaker commercial. Remember that? Oh. His little ears flap? Yeah, that was for Maxell Tapes, I think. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I have to go back to the grave now. <laughs> yeah, we're old. And this is the podcast where we tell you everything that's happening this week in Marvel from games, comics, movies, TV, what have you. Lorraine, what's going on? Everything's going good. You know, we've got new Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier going on. Marvel's breaking the internet per usual. It's mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. jolly holiday. Also, I'm taking off Friday, so. <laughs> yeah, good on you. Enjoy it. <laughs> Shout out to our pal Gail Simone for getting Cyclops to trend this week because she's a troll. And she uh, put up a poll that said, who has the better heat vision blasts, Cyclops or Superman? And that's just her being a complete jerk because as everyone knows, Cyclops blasts are like force. They're not heat. And so I like, I fielded questions from people like, please answer this one for us. I was like, you're just getting galed. Gail is doing what she does. She's she's you she's, got gailed. You got gailed, uh, which was a delight. I will tell you that much. Optic blasts. Optic blast. All right, Lorraine. <laughs> the biggest update of the week is, of course, about Marvel Studios Black Widow and the new release date. What's going on here? Yeah, Natasha Romanoff is going to be back in action in Marvel Studios' Black Widow with a new release date of July 9th of 2021. This big action adventure continues with the first film from Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, both in theaters and on Disney+, Plus, releasing simultaneously with Premiere Access, which... I love Premiere Access. I watched Raya and the Last Dragon on Premiere Access and had a good old time. Heck yeah, of course. It's it's fantastic. Uh, additionally, Marvel Studios Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has received a new release date as well, now arriving on September 3rd, 2021. Yeah! I'm also currently... Uh, while we were waiting to record, I was on my local supermarket's website, just shopping for some s'mores uh, <gasps> items because we got a fire pit. Wait, I just told this to Daniel Kibblesmith. Yes. One me. of our wonderful writers. Mm-hmm. The best s'more that exists is peanut butter cup s'mores. You put a peanut butter cup what? on a graham cracker and what? you toast that marshmallow. What? And you get wild. It is the best thing I've ever had. What? Yeah. I I am... That just blows everything out of the water that they've got going on here. Get out of here, cinnamon grams and (laughs) and milk chocolate bars. I need the other stuff. It's the Jim Jam, let me tell you. Does sound like. You know what else is the Jim Jam? Marvel Studios, The Falcon, and The Winter Soldier. See, that's a segue. Big kickoff weekend this weekend. Hopefully you guys have gone and caught up. You should go watch it right now only on Disney+. Plus. If you have not yet watched the first episode... Man, it's really kind of honestly just exciting to see what's been happening in the real world, obviously, in Marvel Studios' WandaVision. That was a sort of selective world. But it's been really cool to see, you know, what's been happening outside of the post-Endgame world. You know, we haven't really seen it that much. I like that, you know, it's like that the episode about Monica in Marvel Studios WandaVision and like those glimpses of her life and Mm -hmm. and, like the immediate aftermath of the blip and then seeing like the longer tale of how that's affected folks like Sam and Bucky is really, really interesting. I I like the different stories that we've got here of like what Bucky's going through and, and the difficulty he's sort of like swimming through is really 
it's so heartbreaking. And then, you know, you have Sam on the other side who like his nephews are the cutest thing in the world. Like I, I just oh want to play gosh. video games with those kids. They're great. But you know, he also has this brutal story going on with his family and, and trying to keep things afloat. And on top of all that, we got to see Batrock, which always makes me happy. Oh, I'm sorry, mm. but the series kicks off with an eight minute action sequence, yeah. an eight minute yeah. action sequence. Yeah. And recently I got to talk to the VFX supervisor. That interview is not going to come out until after the series. But I got a little insight into how they shot that. And I can't tell you anything until we release the interview. But <laughs> honestly, oh, my God, it's wow. crazy. Like yeah. so much of that is unexpectedly real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say this too. get yourself a good TV, dear listeners. Get a really nice TV to watch these original series on because, wow, they look gorgeous. My 65 inch LG OLED is screaming when these shows come on. It's so good. That sequence was like bananas. It was so good. And of course, just like during Marvel Studios WandaVision, we have some really awesome Marvel must-haves coming out for Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There are some cute little Funkos, Funkos that I know Ryan and I already have, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. of Bucky and Falcon. Yeah, the, the ones with the big eyes, those ones, yeah. those are Cosbabies. Those are from Hot Toys. They've been doing that like super deformed chibi style for Marvel characters for years. The Bucky one is... So cute. He's you so You just want to squeeze his cheeks. Oh, my gosh. I love the Falcon one because he's like mid-flight. It's so mm -hmm. cute. It is. Um, but you can look at all of them yourselves. Uh, you don't have to just listen to us describe them at marvel.com slash must-haves. That is the main landing page for all that good stuff. And there's so many cute stuff. There's like headbands and armbands and backpacks and all kinds of cute stuff. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see more each week as a new episode releases, which is pretty, pretty cool. Big news was that coming out of it, the Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier opened as the most watched series premiere ever on Disney Plus, which is really cool. Take that, everybody else. Yeah. Smoked you. Did I do it right? I've n I haven't really bullied people enough to know how to do it good. That was perfect. That was uh, the, yeah. like... Everybody who's gotten bullied has been like, wow, that brings back some harsh memories of being told, <laughs> smoked you. Oh, boy. Anyways, I don't know if, if folks got to check it out, but we did a really great premiere event over on Marvel.com with Angelique Roche, and she got to talk to the cast. She was at a military base. It was all really, really cool. There was some really cool stuff that they revealed about the show, and just a really fun time was had by all. But one of the things that came out of that is we got our first glimpse at the new poster for Marvel Studios' Loki. You can check it out on Marvel.com, or you can watch that great little premiere show that we did. It went up on Thursday, March 18th, so you can check that out. Yeah. And there were some really cool videos between the casts. Mm -hmm. uh, there were, you know, a video from the Loki cast to the WandaVision cast and vice versa that were really, really cute. Check all that stuff out on the site. All right. Let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about some video games. I was talking to our producer, Alexis, before the show. We were talking about the PlayStation 5, which I just got. And I'm very excited because the just the next gen versions of Marvel's Avengers just released. And boy, oh, boy. It's a gorgeous game. You hear that? G-U-U-U-U-U-U-U-U-R-G-E-S-S. -S. Gorgeous game. Wow. Hashtag it. 
yeah, it's, it's very gorgeous. Also has faster loading times, better textures, just the destruction is cooler and bigger. You can still play with your friends who are on PlayStation 4 if you have PlayStation 5 and it's free. So the upgrades are available now, no additional cost to get in on that action. That was just one of the many things that they really kicked off over the past week. One of the other things that was revealed was Black Panther War for Wakanda. Did you get a chance to see this trailer? Cause it is so cool. He has very muscular legs. Yeah. Yeah, he does, because he's a panther. And all panthers have muscular legs, question mark? Yeah, that trailer was really terrific. It's awesome. We know that the Black Panther and the War for Wakanda is going to come to Marvel's Avengers alongside Claw, the Wakandan jungle biome, and more. That's coming later this year. And Lorraine, did you get to see the roadmap that they put out? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so the roadmap is really cool. It just talked about 2021 as part of their video that Square Enix and Marvel Games put out. So March, we know Operation Hawkeye, Future Imperfect, the next-gen console upgrades, all that cool stuff. Then in spring, we're getting Tachyon Anomaly, which, you know, we see that there. Play as a combination of your favorite heroes. Tachyon mission scaled for power levels 1 to 100. There's going to be a Red Room takeover. So you enter the Red Room with new themed harm room content, new hero outfits, then summer and beyond, the cosmic cube, wasteland protocol. And then of course we know the war for Wakanda expansion. Then they even said there's additional content and features coming, omega level threat missions, mega hives, you know, bigger progression, balance tune, like all kinds of really cool stuff. You should watch the video around Marvel's Avengers updates to really see this. It's fantastic. That is awesome. I love that they're putting out so much cool new content. Even though the game came out quite a while ago at this point, there's just new stuff all the time. It's so cool. Yeah, and I I think this is really encouraging, exciting for everybody who wants to jump in or jump back in to see like, hey, there's some really neat stuff on the way. So I'm going to be jumping back in once I finish Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'm going to be getting my Avengers back on. Back on. Back on. You know what has been a really cool thing that I've been seeing around lately is how interested everyone is in the magical world now Mm -hmm. um, and how much fun people are having (laughs) speculating. But there's a really cool book coming out over the holidays. It's called Doctor Strange, The Book of the Vishanti. It's being released by Abrams Books, and it's just this immersive in-world guide to basically everything magical in the Marvel Universe based around the sacred book of the Vishanti, which is Doctor Strange's book of sort of infinite spells and incantations and lore about the more fantastical, magical realms. So it should be really, really awesome. I think if you're interested in learning more about the magical side of the Marvel Universe, you should definitely pre-order this book now. It's going to be available November 30th. I have to get this out of my brain because as you were talking, I was imagining a drag queen doing Doctor Strange and the phrase Sachet Vishanti. <gasps> so that done. That was in my brain. I want that. I want to see that. Shante you Vishante. Oh, see? I knew you'd get it. You got it. You made it even better. Yeah, this is really cool. This book is going to be great. I'm excited for it. Uh, the folks at Abrams have done some really great mm-hmm. Marvel products over the last year or so. The board books that are out there, but there's like the sticker book and some other really neat deep dive books. So this one's going to be rad as heck. I can't wait to get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. 
All right, enough bullying. Let's get into something <laughs> much better in our interview this week because, Lorraine, you hosted a Women of Marvel roundtable. I sure did. I invited over my favorite gals from the Women of Marvel podcast. There's been some really cool stuff going on over on their pod. And, you know, it is Women's History Month, so we felt like this was the perfect time to catch up and chat and talk about all the awesome stuff they have going on over there, as well as some cool stuff that's happening with women in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, this is great. Y'all are wonderful. I'm glad we did this. And uh, it just gave me a chance to not be on the show for a little while. So everybody, <laughs> you get no Ryan for a while. Enjoy it <laughs> with this roundtable with the women of Marvel. That's how you bully. <laughs> I'm here with the women of Marvel. Hey. Ooh, finger guns. Boo, boo, boo. That, that's, that's what I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> why don't each of you uh, introduce yourselves and tell us about your connection with Marvel? Judy, why don't you kick us off? Because you've been with the women of Marvel, I think, the longest at this point. Yeah. So I actually was able to work at Marvel for almost 15 years. And as part of that, along with Sana, we started the podcast with Janine Schaefer and Adri Cohen in 2014, which is pretty amazing to think about it. It came out of a panel at San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con where we wanted to continue the conversation. But I'm Judy. I am a producer and a podcast producer, and I do many things on the side, but one of them is wrangling cosplayers <laughs> and soon to be hopefully again at conventions. Yes. Angelique, why don't you take us in? Tell, tell us your name and, uh, and your deal. Oh, wow. Uh, hi, I'm Angelique Rocher. I am the host of Marvel's Voices and one of the co-hosts of Women of Marvel, which is dope. I also now do some consulting for Marvel and really proud to be doing some consulting editing on some comic books now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my deal. And Ellie, take us on home. So I'm Ellie Pyle. I am a director of content development here at Marvel, but I started out in publishing a long time ago. And currently, I, in addition to being one of the co-hosts of Women of Marvel, work mostly on developing scripts for our fiction podcasts. Yeah, Um Ellie and I are on the same team, so we're together all the time talking about all the fun things. But it's so amazing to have you all. I've spent a lot of time talking to you all individually. It's really nice to get to talk to you all together. You know what we like to do here on This Week in Marvel, which is we like to ask, what is your Marvel origin story? How did you first get into Marvel? Anjali, you were just here with us like the other week. So why don't you give us your quick version since we've we've heard it recently? Yeah, so love Marvel, love uh, <laughs> X-Men Animated, found comic books in my brother-in-law's comic book collection, which were X-Men, fell in love, watched Howard the Duck, fell in love, continued loving Marvel, uh, and now I work at Marvel. I feel like that, that, <laughs> that yes, yeah. Cliff Notes version? Wow, that was really concise <laughs> and perfect. Thank you, Angelique. <laughs> Ellie, what, what was your origin story? So, like many of the people who I feel like are exactly my age, I got into Marvel through the X-Men animated series and also the trading cards that were coming out around that same time. My brother and his friends were really into the trading cards, so we'd go to the comic book store 
to get them. And one day I saw this cover where Rogue and Gambit were about to kiss and I had seen the cartoons. So I knew this was a big deal and <laughs> this was super important. So I started buying comic books and <laughs> I continued reading comic books through high school. In fact, at one point, my friend loaned me his entire collection under the condition I would put it in order. And I did. <laughs> but then when I had finished grad school and I was trying to figure out what to do, I was I was running a theater, which is what I thought I had always wanted to do. And a friend of mine from college who worked at Marvel said, you know, hey, I threw your resume into a stack and I got an email one day saying, hi, we're Marvel Comics. Will you please read this script and make some notes and we'll decide whether we're going to interview you? And I was like, Sure. So I did. And I did not get the job, which I like to include in this story, because I think it's important for people to know that, you know, sometimes you don't get the job the first time. I have had several jobs that I didn't get the first time. But several months later, they called me back and I ended up working in the spider office where I worked for four years on Spider-Man stuff, Daredevil stuff, Fearless Defenders, Black Widow, lots of things like that. And then I left Marvel for a little while and then I ended up coming back because Stephen Wacker, who I had worked with in the Spider office, uh, was working for Marvel Television and um, wanted to bring me back in as now that I had worked on a couple of different kinds of products to help with creative development stuff kind of across the many things that we make. Yeah. And... <laughs> Judy, what, what was your Marvel origin story? Well, mine is also similar to Ellie, where I definitely watched the X-Men animated show, but I actually didn't start reading comics till I started here. I had a couple friends. I worked at Best Buy for a period of time in college, and I had some friends who did tabletop games, and so I was playing a Marvel tabletop game where I won, and everyone was amazed that I won. <laughs> but that friend of mine was a Marvel fan, and he sort of introduced me again to sort of the characters. And from there, I discovered that Marvel was coming to the internship fair at Parsons, where I was going. And I went and submitted my resume and got the job as a web designer intern right as Civil War was coming out. So that ages me a little <laughs> bit. And once I started, my boss at the time, Peter Olson, and then when once Ryan Pinago started, aka Agent M, a couple months later, uh, they started handing me all these comics. And from there, I discovered Ultimates and a lot of, you know, interesting and unique stories, even outside of Marvel. But from there, I fell in love with comics and and then I somehow stayed on the train uh, <laughs> for another like 14 years, which is kind of insane. Thank you all for sharing your stories with me. Some of that stuff I had not heard, and that's really, really fascinating. Now you guys all work on the Women of Marvel podcast. For anyone who hasn't listened, how would you guys explain the Women of Marvel? I mean, it's conversations. It's it's dialogue, right? I mean, it, it's where it started. We wanted to advocate for women within the comic industry, that's where it started and then it broadened. And then over the years, you know, we had the opportunity to talk to like scientists at CERN. I've talked to athletes. It's all about conversation about how women in the industry, in all the industries that pop culture touches, why we need more women working. You know, I think we're also having fun along the way, right? Absolutely. I'm having fun anyway. Yeah. I'm one of the newest though at Women of Marvel. I walked in long after 
this had taken flight. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's perspective and fun. And it's bringing in folks who are super fans and folks who are writers and artists and bring in diverse perspectives, which I think is what makes Marvel so amazing, right? Like it's not just, you know, one storyteller or one perspective. You know, it's folks who are international. It's folks who are national. It's across the gender spectrum, it's across the orientation spectrum. And I think Women of Marvel is one of the places where that's really highlighted, but also celebrated. And I also have a very special place in my heart for Women of Marvel, because that's actually where the concept for Marvel's voices came from, because of that like dedication to amplifying diverse storytellers and really painting the picture of what Marvel looks like, and why it is the world outside our windows, right? So As the show has gone on, have you had any favorite guests or episodes or topics in the last, what is time really anymore? But, you know, in the last (laughs) little bit of time. What is time? (laughs) I I hear that clocks still keep time, but I'm really unsure about what it means. It's very relative. (laughs) Clocks, maybe calendars, no. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I really enjoyed coming from a theater background, the Marvel Spotlight episode that we did, where we got to talk to Alison Brie, mm. we got to talk to two of the students who had been in the Squirrel Girl play. And I came in like at the very, very end of those plays being developed. Um, so I was already very excited about the plays, but then to get to talk to Allison about the the episode she directed for Marvel 616 and then to talk to the students who had actually been in the plays was a real joy just to kind of see all the different ways that Marvel can meet people with the things they're excited about. Would you describe the Marvel Spotlight program a little bit for anyone who's not familiar? Sure. So we got playwrights to write plays with Marvel characters that could be done by students. And they are so much fun. Most of them focus on some of our younger characters like Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl, though there's also a whole Thor and Loki as teenagers thing that is a lot of fun. (laughs) And these plays are available for people to do in schools. I'm sure you could probably also also do them on Zoom if you were so inclined. And uh, the Marvel Spotlight episode of 616 is an episode of our documentary series about one of the schools that was doing specifically Squirrel Girl and um, Miss Marvel. And we actually had the lead actresses from both on our episode and kind of tracking their journey from getting cast in the show to opening night and, you know, all of the emotions in between. I miss theater. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I have too many favorites. You know, when you record, also there's some that I'm sure I forgot over the years of the the 200 episodes that I've been able to be on. But the Pride episode that I did in 2019, uh, along with Teeny Howard, Vida Ayala, and Leah Williams was just phenomenal. It was something that I, along with the podcast team, worked, you know, so hard to do. You know, it was really important for me. And I know it was important for the three of them. And it was really just a great experience, a great conversation. And I feel like the three of them became even better friends. I mean, they were already friends to begin with, but now they're like, 
epic people together as a group. And then additionally, a sort of I'm going to cheat and say we did a three and a half, four part special around the release of Marvel Studios Captain Marvel, also in 2019. I think that's the right year. <laughs> what is life? That seems right. <laughs> yeah. And as part of that, we got to talk to Kelly Sue, DeConnick, and Steve Wacker, and Sana about the birth of Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. We did an episode with the Carol Corps. And then I also got to go to LA. Oh, I miss LA so much. And talked to Brie Larson in person, got a hug from her. The dream, the dream, it was everything. So, yeah. Honestly, any everyone, every person that I've talked to on this podcast is like an amazing experience. I've learned so much about the world and about myself and and where we can go as a community for more women. I love that. Um, also, Judy Stevens, potentially the biggest Captain Marvel fan in existence. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So my, I guess it's my turn for a favorite yeah. episode, which is real rough. But I got to say one of the most fun in the last year has been Black Girl Gamers came on. And it was a really cool episode because it's always fun talking about women who are pioneering in a space where tropes have caused there to be some kind of thought process that women don't game. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what? How? But yeah, they were really dope. And it was really cool because it was also across the Atlantic. So actually, one of the founders of Black Girl Gamers is actually from the UK. And so it's, it's one of our international shows, which is a lot of fun. But also, they were just so happy and so excited to be a part of the show. I actually literally just Googled them the other day. And they have the audio of the show like up on their YouTube channel. Like It's just amazing seeing how much this show makes people feel seen. That episode for me just was just like, yeah, like there are amazing women out there doing incredible stuff and enjoying life and being themselves. And Women of Marvel is a place where we get to create the space for that kind of joy. And it was it was really dope. I really enjoyed that episode. Okay, everybody go who's listening to this episode, go listen to those, come back here. But first, you know, I'm curious, because the show has had such a long evolution at this point over the last, you know, half a decade or more, in what ways do you think the show has changed the most or evolved the most over the years? Judy, you might have to kick us off on this one since you're the old timer of the group. <laughs> well, I will start with the technical quality of it has definitely improved. <laughs> Wait, weren't you like recording in a closet when this first started? Like I've heard some of the old stories. Yes. Uh, Lorraine remembers the good oh, old yeah. green room. It was definitely like a storage closet question mark that was literally green <laughs> yeah yeah and the best story about the green room is they painted one wall green that we realized we didn't have enough room to put the camera to film a full body on green screen so we painted the other wall green <laughs> that's why there were two walls that were green anyway um i mean what what was the quality of the mics i taught myself how to edit audio you know i had to like drag the Ellie remembers because she was an OG host and then came back and it was you know it was just I think we we started out as a weekly show I think we definitely maybe stretched ourselves a little thin to get content um, I think you know uh, and it, a lot of times it was just me throwing darts at the wall and and inviting friends and and asking for suggestions but I think at the beginning you know like with all podcasts especially back then 
it was a learning lesson. And I think we learned a lot about podcasts. And as the years went on and, you know, we had uh, Brandon Grugel start as an audio producer and then Persia joined us and then and then we had Becca. And now we have this huge team and it's amazing. But we were able now to sort of look at bigger, broad topics, right? We're able to look at things like women in video game journalism or the Pride episode or, you know, and I think one of the positive things about this period of time, thanks to the pandemic, is that we can have conversations with international guests that we may not have necessarily opened our doors to. I mean, Angelique men- mentioned Black Girl Gamers. You know, that was a thing that we had batted around and wanted to do, but like it was always like, oh, how do we do it international? And now with the future of this world where everyone is at home, we can talk to all these amazing people all over the world. And I think it's it's pretty phenomenal. So for me, I, I think technically the podcast sounds so much better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, we've been able to welcome on unique new hosts and diversify our, our guests. Ellie, for you, you know, I forgot about those old days uh, in the green room. But what was it like, you know, doing some of those early shows and then coming back doing the shows now yeah so i did one guest appearance like on my way out the door (laughs) from marvel Mm -hmm. um where you know it really or i guess i did two episodes because there was like an editor's round table and then i did a kind of goodbye to marvel episode but it really was all of us just kind of sitting around a table in the green room recording on an iphone but it still had this great energy to it because that's what this podcast has always been this podcast has always been about people who love to talk having great conversations and that really was born out of those panels at san diego and new york and something that's very much a spirit of this podcast that i feel like has been there from the beginning is is that inclusivity of, you know, you don't have to be a diehard Marvel fan. You don't have to be somebody who's worked at the company for 20 years. Um, that, you know, my first panel I was ever on was a Women of Marvel panel because uh, Janine Schaefer looked into the audience at New York Comic Con and saw me there as an assistant editor and was like, what are you doing? Get up here. And, you know, just this idea Aww. that everybody has something to contribute to the conversation, I think, is a thing that has not changed, which is not the answer to the question, but is in a roundabout way. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Angelique, for you, how long have you been officially on the podcast at this point? Oh, my God, I've asked you for math. I've gone too far. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord, does someone have a calculator? (laughs) Oh, Um, I think, uh, well, the world was still open. So that I remember. I remember sitting around a table (laughs) with people in the same room so it had to be 2019 yeah fall 2019 i feel like yeah like late summer fall yeah yeah Yeah. whereas angelique you and i have still never met in person despite ostensibly living in the same city because uh i didn't come back on until after we were already in lockdown so this is true (laughs) so i know your time has been a little bit shorter on the podcast but you still had a really wonderful impact, Angelique. How do you feel like things have evolved in your not fifteen years, but <laughs> my 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 almost two? <laughs> um, two is a long time. 
Two is, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna receive that, and I'm gonna accept that that two is, two is significant. It's been really great, you know. Honestly, I think one of the things that I've seen evolve, besides obviously the the crew changing a little bit, and I love the revolving door. I I love the fact that folks seem to come in and come out, and you know those folks that may not be new me aren't new to the show. But I, you know, honestly. I came in the middle of some of the evolution, right? Like mm-hmm. some of the, how do we like package things, look at bigger themes? How do we, you know, utilize the work that had been done for years that set a foundation to expand on what Women of Marvel is and the impact it's made? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just want to like jump on what Judy said is this idea of being able to bring new voices in, new perspectives in, but also like, it just made me remember like talking to the folks from Marvel's Avengers for PlayStation, right? Like having this mm-hmm. conversation with voice actors who are bringing to life some of our favorite, favorite characters. Like Sandra Saad is one of my favorite people. Oh, and like, what does great. it mean to give them an opportunity to geek out? to like Mm -hmm. talk about their process and having that ability and having the team and like shout out to Becca and Zach and Alexis and every other person that's like come through and worked on the Women of Marvel podcast because it is really truly a team that allows for that capacity to expand. So for me, it really has just been watching the capacity of the show just continue to like open up and then people just getting better and better at bringing in new ideas and feeling like, you know, the sky's the limit on what yeah. we can do. Well, and speaking of expanding, now you have this comic coming out, Women of Marvel number one, which is coming in April. Angelique, I know that you worked on the Marvel's Voices Legacy, most recent uh, anthology issue. For anybody who's read that issue, how is Women of Marvel number one similar or is that a similar experience at all so it's it's actually going to be dope so it's similar but it's different haha uh, <laughs> one uh the covers are going to be dope for women of marvel like if you haven't seen like the sneak peek of these covers that jen bartell has been <gasps> doing for oh they're so good oh my god yeah. they're so good <laughs> they're so good ah. um but the like, she one be... i would tattoo on my body oh oh it's so good her storm oh yeah so that's one. So it's got its own flavor. It's got its own taste. You know, Sarah Brunstead and Will Moss have just been working their tails off. Like, shout out to Sarah, who's just constantly engaging and creating relationships and bringing new voices in. And one of the things I do love that I think is similar in this book is also, like, it's a blend between women who have been associated with Marvel for a long time, like, Louis Simonson, as well as newer voices, international voices. And that's one of the things I just love about comic books. And I'm going to gush for two seconds and I'm going to stop or you're never going to be able to stop me. Is like it is the ultimate team sport. And an anthology is like literally like a mini Olympics to me mm-hmm. because you get to bring in all these multiple teams working together to bring together these short stories that are windows into some of our most beloved characters. And and in that aspect, I think Women of Marvel, while different and unique and its mm-hmm. own voice in and of itself, gives that very similar, we're bringing in these teams and we're spotlighting these incredible women who are artists and colorists and writers, editors, and just are brilliant and love this universe. 
I love that. I'm so excited to finally get to read this issue. Ellie, you worked as an editor for a good chunk of change. What can you tell me about some of the creators that uh, are going to be featured in this book that you're excited about? Well, I can actually say what I'm most excited about is that most of these creators are new to me. And that's super Mm -hmm. exciting because like Angelique was saying, you never know what you're going to find that like there may be a particular Mm -hmm. creator that you love. And so you pick up the anthology because of them or a particular character. But there are all of these other people who are going to be new to you. And so that's what I'm most excited about is to kind of see the art and the stories from the people whose work I haven't read before. Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited to meet some of these these new talents. Judy, I know you're a big Captain Marvel person, but are there characters that you're excited to see their stories or that you've gotten to look into their stories for in this issue that you're excited for people to check out? I mean, anything historical costuming, full stop there. So obviously I love some (laughs) Peggy Carter. I think that I'm always just fascinated how international artists take our stories and bring them to a whole new world. I mean, like thinking about like Peach Momoko and Mm. bringing her sort of like manga as sort of background and history to it, to these European artists, like all of that is just phenomenal. And I'm going to just go back to those Jen Bartel covers. Yes. And I know that Amanda Connor's doing a cover and I can't wait to see that. Like, I think there's just so much about this that's mm-hmm. just so amazing. I'm working on a secret project that I can't talk about that involves women. And just seeing, as per Ellie's note, all these other new female artists coming to the table, being able to bring their perspective. It's just phenomenal. Like, I'm I'm full stop here. I can't wait to buy it. I'm definitely ready to pre-order it and get it in my house. I want all of those Jen Bartel prints so badly because she does like fabulous fashion on my favorite heroes in that Jen Bartel style. I'm so excited about it and I can't wait for this issue. But you know, ladies, it is Women's History Month. And so I thought it would be fun to just like talk about some of our favorite Marvel characters, some of our favorite ladies from the Marvel Universe. So I want to know, who are each of your top three lady heroes in the Marvel Universe? I know I'm throwing you a hard question, but I'm giving you three. So this is so hard. (laughs) I think I could go first because obviously everyone knows what my number one is, which is Carol Danvers. Captain Marvel, obviously, you know, a fierce woman in her own right. Mm -hmm. And I think what she stands for in the comics is important. But I think what she stands for outside of the comics is also really important. You know, Mm -hmm. being able to see someone on the big screen for young girls and boys and they them that want to look to someone who is an advocate to be a strong person is great. Actually, my favorite character outside of Carol is Mystique. I'm fascinated by her for many reasons. I like that she's a villain, but she's good. She struggles, which I think is very similar to the way that we all struggle. And also fascinating that she is a she, but could be a he, but could be a they. Like she can change her shape and her face, but she chooses to stay a blue woman she chooses to stay different, right? Mm-hmm. And in a world that does not accept difference. 
And then third, I guess I'll go with Squirrel Girl because I'm talking to Lorraine and I know how much she loves. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just love how, you know, she is in a way, a, a, you know, a, a young advocate too. But yeah, I mean, I also love that she has a pet squirrel. Like, uh, not a pet, th- th- but like someone that like a sidekick. I mean, Tippy Toe is a, a superhero in Tippy Toe's own right. Mm-hmm. Truly. Those are great choices. Okay, who is next? <laughs> All right, so... The first one is going to come to a surprise to everyone, I'm sure. But Monica Rambeau. Um, (laughs) Knew it before you said it. (laughs) Look, I'm on brand. (laughs) This is who I am. I mean, she's from Louisiana, period. I mean, it was one of those things where you had a character who was from your home state. It was like, what other woman superhero was I seeing from New Orleans in 1982? So, number two, I was gonna say Squirrel Girl, but I am I am gonna I'm gonna replace Squirrel Girl because this list is gonna change tomorrow anyway with Moon Girl Aww. because she's a baddie and she looks like my niece. I think she's been so inspirational for so many folks and so many like little girls who just want to get into STEM and science. And I think it's been like, it's it's so so incredible having her as like part of the world. I, I then have a revolving three and I'm just going to like randomly say a name now because I'm it's always going to change. But today it's America Chavez mm. because I love, I love Miss America. She is incredible. Also, she can punch holes in the universe. Yeah. I mean... That's it. That's it. Drop the mic. She's <laughs> All right, Ellsworth. So uh, <laughs> starting where I did, the first question, of course, that I have to answer for myself is Rogue or Jean Grey, which, you know, it, it, it's it's tough. I have so much love for both of them in such completely different ways. So I'm not going to make a choice. I'm just going to count that as one answer that that is, you know, a conflict I continue <laughs> to wrestle with is, you know, which which one of those two am I feeling on any given day? And then, because you will always have the most love for characters whose birth you were present at, Silk is always super close to my heart, not just because of that, but also because just I love her resilience. And I have spent so much time this year in particular thinking about the lessons that Cindy could teach us about living in a bunker for 10 years and then, you know, coming out and living your life. And then my last one is probably Valkyrie. And my reasons for that Mm. are the love of getting to watch a character evolve that of course you know she was heavily involved in the fearless defender series that we did and then knowing that some of that content went on to you know influence how she appeared in the films and having tessa thompson talk about that specifically tessa thompson being one of my favorite actresses was just the the greatest moment. So I I really appreciate how that character has kind of been able to evolve through her many incarnations to the version that we see today. I love that so much, which side note, I have to tell you guys this story because I feel like you will appreciate it, which is that one day my best friend and I were walking and we saw this woman wearing this fabulous outfit 
And my friend turned to me and said, did you see that woman's pants? And I turned to her and I said, did you see that that woman is Tessa Thompson? (laughs) (laughs) These are all valid statements when seeing Tessa Thompson. I have constantly been in awe of that woman's clothing. So as we start to wrap up here, I'm just curious, you know, you've all talked about community today, but what have you most enjoyed about the community you guys have built around the Women of Marvel podcast? I mean, I've always talked about how I stayed at Marvel for so long for the family. And it truly was like, you know, I I was tangentially working with the publishing team and the editors. And it was through the podcast that I, you know, became friends with Sana, like, and all the different women that have come along the way. And, And it's also through the podcast that I've met all these amazing fans, people that you know, I tweet to online and, and, you know, see at conventions, here's hoping soon again. But I think, you know, we, we created a community about advocacy and, you know, seeing the girls, the high school kids who come up to us after panels and go, oh, I didn't realize there was a job for that. And, or, you know, the, the moms and parents that came up and were like, thank you so much, you know, something for my children to, you know, know that they know that there's a future for, you know, my daughter in this industry. So it really is a family. And I, I mean, I'll, I, I call you all friends, although I have not seen any of you in person in like a lifetime, but I would love to have a hug. <laughs> it would be great. Talking about conventions, it was always an incredible experience to know that it very quickly became a case of the women of Marvel panels were predictably going to overflow their rooms. That like this was a panel for which people had to start lining up for was just such an incredible thing to see happen. And then Kelly Sue very often at the beginning of these panels would ask all of the women who wanted to work in comics to stand up and then tell them to look around the room and memorize each other's faces because that's who you were going to be working with and to encourage these team ups to form between, you know, potential future creators, potential future editors. And, you know, even for the people who weren't looking at this as a networking opportunity, I'm sure there were people in those audiences who found friendships. And, you know, being able to have a rallying point to come and meet your people, I think is an incredible byproduct of, you know, this podcast and the panels related to it. Absolutely. I think for me, it's the joy that comes with everything that Ellie and Judy just said, right? Like, there's something about that moment when we could still gather at Comic Cons and all of the women of Marvel would get on stage, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we'd do the group picture or we'd see all the cosplay and then like seeing the joy because a lot of us know like they're not like not all of us had access to comic books, not because we didn't love comic books as kids. It's just like that wasn't, and I hate to say this, but like unfortunately, some parts and some societies, but that wasn't for girls. Like my my dad was like, "Oh, you're a girl. You're not gonna like comic books. Uh, I'm gonna bring you to the record store, right?" But like seeing anywhere from like these five and six and seven and eight and nine year old little girls and like these sixty like some of the best cosplay I've ever seen is like two women who are like sixteen, seventeen years old who have come together. Like my first Magneto 
Mystique cosplay I ever saw. It was one of the best cosplays I've still to this day have ever seen. And it was two high school best friends who came together and decided that this is what they were going to do from this movie. And this was why. And it was like Mystique mid-transformation. It was like my mind was blown. And for them to be recognized and to have someone just stop and go, oh, my God, I get it. It's so good. That kind of joy that comes with women of Marvel and creating that space and just like allowing people to to be themselves and just love what they love is what I love about women of Marvel. Oh, you guys, group hug. <laughs> group hug. Thank you so much. Through the internet and across the country. Uh, where can people check out everything you guys are doing? Where can they listen to the podcast and find you guys online? Well, for the podcast, you can email us at womenof at marvel.com. You can also tweet at us using the hashtag women of Marvel at Marvel. And if you want to hit us up individually, I can be found at OMG DJ Judy. I got rid of my underscores. I'm a real adult <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Ellie Pyle on Twitter and Instagram. And as far as where you can hear the podcast, it is available on the SiriusXM app as well as any other apps on which you listen to your podcasts. And you can find me at Angelique Roche on the Twitters and at Angelique Roche Official on the Instagrams. Um, also, of course, listen to Angelique on Marvel's Voices as well. Thanks, Lorraine. Thanks, y'all. All right, Lorraine, that was a wonderful roundtable. I'm so glad you got to do that one. It was a blast. Aw, thanks, man. Yeah. So next week, our guest will be WWE legend Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. It's very cool. Very exciting. James and I got to do that one together. James lost it. I think like James exploded as he was doing the interview. Any relation to Cameron Michaels, the drag queen who dresses up as She-Hulk? I don't think so. All right. Probably not. Is, Is Cameron Michaels from... Like San Antonio, Texas? No, but she is from the South, I believe. Mm. So, hey, one never knows. Could be. Yep. But Shawn Michaels being our guest next week, I thought our question of the week could be a fun one because Shawn Michaels, his famous finishing move is called Sweet Chin Music, where he kicks somebody in the face in just a wonderful way. It's kind of beautiful and and balletic the way he throws that kick. Yeah, it's great. But that's a kick in the face that'll knock you out. So I was thinking... If you were to get sweet chin music from a Marvel character, who would you not want it to be? Like, who would you most not want to be, like, kicked in the face from? You want me to say who I would not want to be? Would not. So, who I would not want to be kicked in the face? Anyone. Literally anyone. But I'll tell you who I would let kick me in the face. Rocket Raccoon. He's so little and so furry. I would Those tiny little legs could never reach. I know. I mean, he might scratch me with those little... Little... Claws, but it would be worth it. Oh, I could just see him trying to jump up and kick. Come on, come on, come on. So, alternatively, my question is who would you want to have kick in the face from the Marvel Universe? Oh, it's terrific. I I was thinking about this one because I was thinking, like, oh, Rhino is like big, thick boy legs. Hulk is just those mammoth green gams. Those would be pretty brutal to be kicked in the face by. Galactus. Oh, Galactus. That's a good one. You would not live. (laughs) 
So let us know. You can tweet your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And please make sure to tell us it is okay to read so we can read it on the show. Yes, definitely do that. But we have a bunch of folks who reached out to us with some questions, comments, and just plain statements, some sentences in there, because we asked, who are your favorite women of Marvel and why? And you guys had some great answers. Yeah. First up was Bennett Stade, who sent us an email and Bennett said, for this question, I have to say the Wasp in Marvel Studios, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Marvel Studios did an amazing job designing her character in the movie. She is super sarcastic and made me laugh so much at the ways she makes fun of Scott Lang. One of my favorite moments is at the school where Scott's suit malfunctions and makes him the size of a four-year-old. But then again, I also have to give credit to Captain Marvel. She's extremely powerful and her abilities look amazing. Honestly, there's so many amazing, powerful women in Marvel comics and movies that it was hard to decide on just these two. That's right. There are so many wonderful characters. We also got this one from Marvel Man at Spidey Boy 3 who said, I would say Jessica Jones and Black Widow because they are both kick butt females who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty and both rock leather jackets. That's a great one. It's a great one. Kyle Warlick at Kyle underscore Warlick says Jean Grey slash Phoenix, extremely powerful, loyal, fierce defender of mutants and family. Also like destroyer of planets. Yeah, that's so. why you don't mess with her. Okay. 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 You know what? Boundaries. <laughs> Boundaries with the Jean Grey. Fair. I respect that. All right. Uh, next up, we have this one from Joe at Joe Blaze B, who said, to be honest, I'm going with Nebula. She's totally Ooh. badass to begin with, but conquering and enduring everything she did and still choosing the right path. Yup, girl. Yeah. Solid answer. That's a great answer. Also, she once wielded the Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. Also, don't mess with her. Yeah. So <laughs> she's a bad ass. All right. Best of She-Hulk at Best of She-Hulk says, Janet Van Dyne. That was a swerve right there. I was expecting She-Hulk as yeah. the answer, Best of She-Hulk. <laughs> when I read it, I got very confused. Uh, Best of She-Hulk says, Be Janet Van Dyne, the first woman on the team, the founding Avenger who also gave them the iconic name. Celebrity fashion designer and superhero, easily one of the most interesting characters ever created. Can't disagree. Also the first female chairman of the team. First mm -hmm, lady to mm -hmm. lead. Hell yeah. Uh, next up, we have Ktmoth at Kitmo 23519521 This one says, Peggy Carter all day long for me. She was bossing it at a time when bossing it as a woman was tough. She also picked herself up and carried on with a heavy heart when Steve went from her life. An absolute class act. Quick-witted and confident. And inspiration. Well said. All right, we've got another one from Mog at MogBits saying, My favorite woman is Susan Storm. She evolved so much during all those years. She manages to be a superhero, an explorer, and holding an entire family together. So she's like, a, a, she's every woman. She's an invisible woman doing invisible labor. <laughs> uh, yeah, holding everybody together with her strength. That's how it works. And she's also the most powerful member of the team. Never forget Truly, Reed is a dink. Never forget, in my mm -hmm. opinion. <laughs> Next up, Lutz at Sir Lutz a lot. Squirrel Girl, she works to overcome anything in her way, and she is always optimistic. Heck yeah, I love me some Squirrel Girl. Katie Marin at Marinator13 says, Sherry and General Okoye, from leadership, science, and battle action, these women are smashing glass ceilings all over the place. 
Yeah. <laughs> this next one is a message from Jean Ramsey over on our Facebook. For my pick of a woman to celebrate in Marvel, it would have to be Mary Jane Watson. It's one thing to be a supermodel actress and all around party girl, but it's another to be the girlfriend and wife of a superhero. MJ has not only always kept Peter's secret and supported him all the way through to the end of their marriage in one more day, but she also has her own hit list of great hero moments without any superpowers other than doing what's right. She has saved her own sister, saved Stark Industries, defeated Electro, and knows how to wear an iron spider suit to save the day. She loves and gives with a passion that elevated her beyond the norm, and I celebrate her for all of this. Honestly... I love this one so much. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mary Jane ever gets the credit that she deserves because she's viewed as this kind of trite character. But I also love like in their relationship, even, you know, you see a lot of girlfriend roles that are sort of like, oh, I'm the girlfriend and I wait for you to come home and you do superhero stuff. And that like my job is to be pretty when you get back. And she's like from the <laughs> sort of beginning of her character, she'd be like, I'm not waiting for you. Like other men are interested in me. I've got my own stuff going on. Like, I have healthy boundaries and you can't treat me poorly. And I really respect that in the way that she's been written, even from the early days when women weren't always written that way. I just think she's a great character. Well said and agreed. Our last one this week is from Jenny Huang on Facebook. Jenny says, my favorite women of Marvel would be Black Widow and Elektra, two badass women who can fight. Also, they were former girlfriends of Matt Murdock. Uh, Jenny, big, uh, maybe our biggest Daredevil fan out of our listeners. So I love that she finds these connections, but also, yeah, Black Widow, Elektra. The stuff that's going on with Elektra right now in the Daredevil comics yeah. is so good. Anybody not reading that book? Y'all are missing out. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Oh, what a good roundup for the month of ladies, as we call March. Yeah. Officially. That's what that's what we all call March, the month of ladies. You got it. <laughs> all right, that's a wrap for us, Lorraine. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to the month of ladies and all of the incredible women doing amazing things across the world. We appreciate you. Yeah. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe.